Welcome to This Week with Lordship Community Church. I'm the Reverend Jeff Lukens, and I'm the pastor here. This week, we offer you a podcast in our series, What's Next, O God? Tending the New Creation. We worship live online each Sunday morning at thelordshipchurch.org slash live. Here's this week's scripture and message. Psalms. Give thanks to the Lord because he is good, because his faithful love lasts forever. That's what those who are redeemed by the Lord say, the ones God redeemed from the power of their enemies, the ones God gathered from various countries, from east and west, north and south. Some of the redeemed had gone out on the oceans in ships, making their living on the high seas They saw what the Lord had made. They saw his wondrous works in the depths of the sea. God spoke and stirred up a storm. What brought the waves up high? The waves went as high as the sky. They crashed down to the depths. The sailors' courage courage melted at this terrible situation. They staggered and stumbled around like they were drunk. None of their skills was of any help. So they cried out to the Lord in their distress, and God brought them out safe from their desperate circumstances. God quieted the storm to a whisper. The sea's waves were hushed, so they rejoiced because the waves had calmed down. Then God led them to the harbor where they, ho- where they were hoping for. Let them thank the Lord for his faithful love and his wondrous works for all people. Let them exalt God in the congregation of the people and praise God in the assembly of the elders. And from Paul's second letter to the Corinthians. As we work together with him, we urge you also not to accept the grace of God in vain. For he says, at an acceptable time, I have listened to you. And on a day of salvation, I have helped you. See, now is the acceptable time. See, now is the day of salvation. We are putting no obstacle in anyone's way so that no fault may be found with our ministry. But as servants of God, we have commended ourselves in every way. Though great endurance in afflictions, hardships, calamities, beatings, imprisonments, riots, labors, sleepless nights, hunger, By purity, knowledge, patience, kindness, holiness of spirit, genuine love, truth speech, and the power of God, with the weapons of righteousness for the right hand and for the left, in honor and dishonor, in ill repute and good repute. We are treated as impostors and yet are true, as unknown, and yet are well known as dying. And see, we are alive as punished and yet not killed, as sorrowful, yet always rejoicing, as poor, yet making many rich, having, as having nothing and yet possessing everything. We have spoken frankly to you, Corinthians. Our heart is wide open to you. There's no restriction in our afflictions, but only in yours. In return, I speak as to children, 
Open wide your hearts also. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Good morning, church. I am so glad to get to know you this summer and to get to see you. Um, for those of you who may not yet know me, uh, my name is Emma Ray Carroll, uh, and I am the student minister working here at Lordship Community Church over the summer. Um, to all of the dads in here, Jeff, to all of the dads online, my dad, happy Father's Day. Um, we wouldn't be here without you. Today, I have the very distinct pleasure of preaching to you on Paul's second letter to the Corinthians in chapter 6, just one chapter away from where we've been drawing our worship series from, Tending the New Creation. Now, this section of verses is the culmination of five and a half chapters of writing, and what we just heard was kind of the culmination of Paul's sufferings and Paul's love for the Corinthians. But Paul had been deeply hurt by this church in Corinth, and he was responding to rumors spread about him there. They thought he was being dishonest from them, to them, withholding his love for them by withholding truth. Because you see, in ancient Rome, honesty was the most important virtue a speaker like Paul could have. And it was typically given without any thought for how others might receive it. You could say they wanted Paul to speak the truth, irregardless of love or how it hurt their feelings personally. So when Paul meets the Corinthians and shows them great love and care, they thought he was being soft. They thought he was being too kind to them. He was afraid, they were afraid, that he was restricting his love for them by withholding the truth. And so word got around that he was being dishonest because of his affection for them. And word had eventually gotten back to Paul. So again, the whole first five and a half chapters of 2 Corinthians is Paul justifying himself to them, showing his credentials, and explaining the situation to them. Now, I don't know about you, but five and a half chapters is a lot to write when you're trying to prove yourself to other people. I couldn't imagine sending that in a text or on an email. Just be very long. <laughs> but here's the thing. Paul was right. He had been speaking in love and in truth. He didn't forsake one for the other. So in this letter, responding to the Corinthians' accusations and rumors, Paul could have been rude. He could have exacted his vengeance. He could have acted all high and mighty or better than them. He was the victim in this situation. He had been wronged by the Corinthians. He could have even left them to their own devices and washed his hands of them completely to go and build a better church, one that wouldn't hurt him or betray him. But instead, in this situation, we see Paul reflecting Christ. Bless you. 
Like how Jesus spoke to Paul on the road to Damascus, we see Paul here pleading to the Corinthians out of love for them. We see the one harmed seeking to reconcile with the ones who inflicted harm. So let me say that again. We see Paul, the one hurt by rumors and lies and accusations, become vulnerable in order to make things right with the very ones who accused and harmed him. Instead, he pleads with this church to open their hearts to him because of his love for them. So instead of Paul's love being restricted by disregarding honesty, Paul says that it is the Corinthians' love that is restricted. It is their affections that are restricted, not his. The Corinthians have misguided themselves, and their love was weakened because of it. So Paul charges them, open wide your hearts also. Also. Open wide your hearts also. His heart was wide open to them already. How would the Corinthians respond? We don't actually know how they responded. This is Paul's last recorded letter to this church. We can only imagine. But today, I would like for us to consider that this passage is about more than just Paul and the Corinthian church. What we're seeing in this passage applies to us and our relationship with God as well. We have hurt and harmed God. Every time we hurt God's creation, every time we cultivate injustice and inequality, every time we hurt one another, we hurt God. In fact, God made us to have a perfect relationship with him and with the whole of creation to tend what he made, a promise to ourselves and to God. And we broke that promise. God is the injured party in this situation. And yet, we see the one harmed, seeking to reconcile with the ones who inflicted harm. We see God creator of the universe, the great I am, take on flesh in the person of Jesus Christ, take on vulnerability, take on harm, and even death, so that we could be reconciled to our creator. In the time in which this passage was written, it was the responsibility of the injuring party to set things right with the injured party. So if I caused a wound in our relationship, it would be up to me to fix it, not you. And this isn't some old ancient concept that we just threw out and don't use. For the most part, we do the same thing today. So it would probably make sense to us that God, the creator of everything, including logic, would abide by this. But God doesn't. Instead, a new creation is put in place by God's very own Son. God reconciles us and gives us a new life, a new relationship with him and with the whole of creation. 
fact, in the words of Elizabeth, of theologian Elizabeth Johnson, God takes the risk of vulnerability, humiliation, and suffering in order to reconcile us to himself. This is revolutionary. And when I hear Paul in these verses, I think of Christ. I hear that God's heart is open to us, and that there are no restrictions in God's affections for us. In this passage, Paul is speaking to the Corinthians, yes, and I believe that God is speaking to us. When Paul writes that his heart is wide open and has no restriction in his affections toward the Corinthians, God is telling us the same thing, even with all of our mistakes and shortcomings. So, you are beloved by God. So let me say it again, you are loved by God. Just like how the Corinthians didn't have to do anything to earn Paul's love or affection, so too we don't have to earn God's love or affection for us. It's not even something we can do. So it's, it's not something that you have to earn or work for. It's something that has been freely given to us through the person of Jesus Christ. God's love, God's desire for us is like God's kingdom. It's like an invasive plant that can't be stopped, no matter how many times you may try to weed it out. God's love is boundless. God's heart is open to you. There is no restriction in God's affections for you. We are the ones limiting God's affection for us by not accepting God's love. God does not have limits. And for this reason, today I ask you to open your hearts wide to receive the love of God and to be reconciled with God. And so I just want to ask, what would it look like for you to open your heart to God today? I know for me, it means new life. Because reconciliation with our creator brings new life. In fact, it's what Paul describes in the previous chapter as a new creation. It's in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, starting in verse 17. So if anyone is in Christ, now I ask you to hear, if anyone is reconciled with God, there is a new creation. Everything old has passed away, and see, everything has become new. All of this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ. So this, then, is reconciliation with God. We are brought into newness of life, able to open our hearts fully to our creator, able to tend the new creation God has given to us. This work is accomplished through Christ, and in Christ, it is finished. No more work needs to be done. So reconciliation isn't something that we do by ourselves. In fact, it's not something we do at all. Rather, it's something that we accept 
as a gift given freely from God in Christ. And it is precisely in this reconciliation that we can engage with the new creation. Dear church, we can't tend to this new creation when we are not even fully in it ourselves. So, receive God's love. Be reconciled with God. Live out loud and with love for one another in God's new creation because the old has already passed away. All has been made new. Just as Paul writes to the Corinthians that his heart was wide open to them, so is God's heart wide open to you. You are the one limiting God's love by not receiving it fully, by keeping your hearts closed off. Instead, your role is to open your heart to the God who knit you together before you were even born and whose love has no bounds, not even death. Receive God's love and love God. Enter into this new creation made possible by God in Christ and tend it by resting in God's love. The work of reconciliation has already been done. Amen. Thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen. And you can visit us at www.thelordshipchurch.org where you can find a link to make a donation towards our ministries. Thank you, and God bless.